There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's really difficult when you've worked really hard on something only to find out that someone doesn't actually like it. When it's filmmakers that are getting upset, it can either shed some light on how creatives fight back against the institution of the film world, or just be an example of a director being up their own ass while we laugh at them. I'm Tilly from What Culture, and these are eight filmmakers who were pissed off by movie critics. Number eight, James Gray thinks that The Guardian is dumb. While director James Gray's movies don't tend to set the box office on fire, his most recent effort, Ad Astra, ended up losing money, they normally fare quite well with critics. But as is the case with any film, there will always be a bunch of negative reviews dotted around the positive ones, and Gray's 2013 drama The Immigrant is no exception. With an 86% score on Rotten Tomatoes, the film was very much a critical hit, but despite this fact, Gray still took offence to some of the negative discourse surrounding his movie. And in particular, he singled out The Guardian's Cannes review of the film, and the man who wrote it, Peter Bradshaw, with some surprisingly candid criticisms. Gray was so incensed by some of the details in the review that he ended up calling it one of the dumbest reviews I've ever read. He then went on to accuse Bradshaw of getting his facts wrong, calling him lazy and saying that he failed as a critic. Gray also noted that he was originally intending to read as few reviews as possible, but when his publicist sent him some, he couldn't resist having a peek. Based on his reaction though, he probably should have stuck to that initial intent. Number seven, David Ayer responds to a Suicide Squad Twitter attack. Whilst most movies exit the conversation once their theatrical windows have wrapped up, big studio tentpoles tend to stick around, being debated and discussed by fans for weeks, months, and even years after their initial debuts. Pretty much anything out of Marvel and DC will fall into this camp, including 2016's Suicide Squad. With a messy production and a divisive reaction to say the least, it's one of those movies that is argued about to this day, and in September 2019, the film's director, David Ayer, entered this discourse after being provoked by a foul-mouthed movie. Movie critic. The critic in question was David Ehrlich of IndieWire, who tweeted that Suicide Squad was a dumb piece of shit that was hated by every sane person on Earth. Clearly very annoyed, Ayer fired back, calling Ehrlich's attack painful and accusing him of being overly negative in order to attract attention. Ehrlich then apologised and the two sides shook hands, virtually, with Ayer pointing out that the final version of Suicide Squad was far from the vision he originally had in mind. Number six, Kevin Smith angrily tells critics that they should pay to see his movies. 
Kevin Smith is the definition of a fan favourite filmmaker, with a loyal crowd of followers who will go and see anything that has his name on it, even when the movie in question has a bloke in a walrus suit. But on the other hand, his movies don't usually review too well. While efforts like Chasing Amy did enter the 80% Rotten Tomatoes score range, Smith's peak as a director is generally the 60% mark, with a few stinkers like Yoga Hoses and Cop Out falling much, much lower. The latter movie earned an abysmal 18% score and is generally regarded as one of the worst films in Smith's long career. But being the proud artist that he is, Smith still came to the movie's defence by attacking the critics who had given it a bad review. Pointing out that Cop Out was never intended to be a masterpiece and that it was only meant to be a bit of fun, Smith said that writing a nasty review for hashtag Cop Out is akin to bullying a arsler kid who was getting a couple of chuckles from the normies, while also labelling his critics as sad and embarrassing. He then concluded that critics should have to pay to see his movies early, stating that this would make it fair for them to talk shit about his work. Touched a bit of a nerve there, didn't they, Kev? Number five, Dan Fogelman thinks that movie critics hate emotion. Dan Fogelman has worked on some truly beloved films over the last 10 years, including Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, Tangled, and Crazy Stupid Love. But in terms of the features he's directed, things have been decidedly more mixed. Fogelman has helmed two movies to date, 2015's Danny Collins and 2018's Life Itself. The former was received quite well with a 77% score on Rotten Tomatoes, but the latter sank like a brick and currently sits at a terrible 14%. Ouch. Fogelman probably expected life itself to do a little better, especially considering the positivity surrounding Danny Collins, and in a 2018 interview, he expressed his frustration with the critics who had given his latest work a bad score accusing them of becoming increasingly cynical and vitriolic. Fogelman also took shots at, quote, white male critics who don't like anything that has any emotion, stating that he feels like critics always attack certain genres and ideas. Presumably he's referring to the soppy and romantic stuff, even though plenty of movies in that genre receive critical acclaim, awards buzz, and box office gold. Life itself, on the other hand, just wasn't good enough. Number four, Charlie Brooker fires F-bombs at Bandersnatch detractors. While Bandersnatch was lauded by many for its bold, experimental mix of normal movie footage and interactive player choices, the overall reaction to the film was rather uneven. On the one hand, you had people who just wanted a normal movie and didn't want to make any decisions, but on the other, you had people who thought the choices were too simplistic and wanted this system to be expanded or fleshed out in some way. In short, there was nothing that writer Charlie Brooker could have done to please everyone, but then again, he didn't really care that some people found Bandersnatch underwhelming. Chatting to the Huffington Post about the divisive critical reaction to the film, an annoyed Brooker did not hold back with his choice of words, telling the detractors to off and do something else if they weren't enjoying their time with it. Bandersnatch was far from a conventional episode of Black Mirror in terms of the way it was presented, and yet this clearly caught a lot of people off guard. But don't go complaining to Brooker about it unless you like your F-bombs hot and spicy. Number three, Vincent Gallo versus Roger Ebert. Vincent Gallo is famous for one movie and one movie only, The Brown Bunny. Released in 2003, the film achieved instant notoriety because of its unsimulated oral sex scene between actors Gallo, who assumed writing, producing, editing, and directing duties, and Chloe Savini. This moment sparked tons of heated ethical discussions that still persist to this day, and even if you put this controversy to one side, most critics agreed that the film as a whole just wasn't any good. In fact, legendary critic Roger Ebert once called The Brown Bunny the worst film in the history of the Cannes Film Festival, and it was Ebert's criticism of 
the movie that sparked a bitter, long-running feud between him and Gallo. Responding to Ebert's worst film ever criticism, Gallo called the critic a fat pig with the physique of a slave trader, whilst also adding that he hoped Ebert would get cancer and die. As if that wasn't quite enough, Gallo then claimed to have put a hex on Ebert's friend Gene Siskel, who had passed away in 1999. Let's just take a moment to process all of that before we see what Ebert had to say. Ebert then retorted that a colonoscopy video would be more entertaining to watch than the brown bunny, which Gallo did eventually admit was a funny response. Even though the pair did ultimately make peace, Gallo recently started attacking Ebert once again, long after the critic's death in 2013. In 2018, Gallo claimed that Ebert was a highly disruptive presence at the brown bunny's initial press screening, and that Ebert should have been banned from all subsequent Cannes screening as a result. Hey, Mr. Gallo, it's been like 17 years. It's probably a good time to let this one go. Number two, Alex Proyas thinks that film critics are diseased vultures. The Disastrous Gods of Egypt is about as irredeemable as movies get. Trope-ridden, poorly acted, boring, and with some terrible visual effects, it was a good thing that it released in February, because if it had come out in November or December, it would have ended the year on an awful note. Needless to say, the critical reaction to the movie was a big thumbs down, with only a handful of positive reviews to be found in a sea of negative ones. Rather than taking this in his stride, though, director Alex Proyas instead took to Facebook, going on a big, long rant against the critics and calling them, amongst other things, a pack of diseased vultures. Quote, Now that anyone can post their opinion about anything, from a movie to a pair of shoes to a hamburger, what value they have, nothing. Now we have a pack of diseased vultures pecking at the bones of a dying carcass. End quote. Damn, Alex. Tell us how you really feel. He also had some choice words for people who accused the film of whitewashing its Egyptian characters, calling them deranged idiots. It's really hard to believe that a supposed industry professional took to social media and posted a big long rant like this, but hey, this is the world we live in, folks. And number one, Uwe Boll literally fights his critics. Let's end on a nice bizarre one, shall we? It's widely agreed that Uwe Boll does not make good movies, and in fact, he's only famous as a director because his films are so memorably bad. Blood Rain, Alone in the Dark, Far Cry, Postal. It's a career packed with rotten stinkers, and I'm sure saying these words alone made quite a lot of video game fans wince. But in 2006, Boll decided to turn the tables on his critics and give them a beating of their own. But he didn't insult them on social media or write an angry article about them. Oh no, that's that's kid stuff. Instead, Boll chose to invite several of his most vocal critics into the ring for a boxing match. An actual proper boxing match. We're not joking. Four critics took part in this weird event, including Jeff Snyder, who is currently one of the most famous movie reporters in the business, and even though they outnumbered Boll, he still managed to knock the light out of every single one of them. When the fights were over, Boll reportedly said that he now likes these critics because they showed guts by venturing into the ring. If only he put this much passion and effort into making good movies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.